my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A I'm off my game today. No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now. It it really is. What's up? I'm Laura Carrenti. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia. Can you believe we're in August? No. Where does it go? Anyway, <laughs> we're going. <laughs> we're going somewhere, somewhere really good. So excited to have Nancy Hill, the media Sherpa slash agency Sherpa slash just Sherpa you need to know. Sherpa, you need to know. So Nancy is the former president and CEO of the 4As, the ad industry trade organization, as well as a former executive at many of the top um, agencies Agencies. uh, around the country and the world. We're excited to have her because she has this really broad view of what's happening in the industry from uh, female and diversity issues to creativity and the organization the new organizational structure that agencies need to be thinking about so I think that if you're going to take someone and all of their experience in a career and be able to kind of pluck 
you know, key bits of knowledge. Nancy Hill is one of those one people. Podcast. Yeah, one podcast. <laughs> Nancy Hill is one of those people that you want to have with you doing that. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk a lot about old guard, new guard. And I think it's been interesting um, to see Nancy sort of take what she knows and be able to apply those lessons now to sort of the next generation of independent shops and really helping um, to consult and, and building their model and their staffing structures and their culture, quite frankly, to make sure that, you know, they're not only able to bring in new business, of course, but also retain talent, which, as we know, has been an ongoing topic on this show um, and, and what drives um, the next generation to want to be a part of this industry. And one of the things that I think we've talked about so much is the whole idea of like, don't just butts and seats, don't just staff, don't just resource, both on the marketing side, right, sure. and on the agency side and what marketers are asking their agencies for, look for talent. I haven't, we've talked about that, like, um, philosophically, right. right? But I haven't met anyone who's actually helping agencies operationalize that and actually take the dream and actually make it real. And I think what's interesting is Nancy has a really um, strong and very clear perspective on what it takes to do that. And some of the kind of, what I would say is really simple, but ballsy things that agencies have to do to to start enacting a totally cultural, a bigger cultural change and therefore putting out better quality work. With that, Nancy Hill up next. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Snag a job is where America goes to hire, with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 
And we're back in the studio with Nancy Hill. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Happy to be here, ladies. Nancy is the founder of Media Sherpas, which is a consultancy, and Nancy is the agency Sherpa. In addition to founding uh, Media Sherpas, Nancy has had an epic career in our industry, previously um, president and CEO of the four A's, as well as the executive at a number of big agencies, including... Big and small, BBDO, TBWA, Shite Day, Donor. Uh, I've worked in Baltimore, St. Louis, L.A., San Francisco, and then New York. Nancy, what's sort of been the biggest change you've seen um, over the course of your career that's been the most notable? Uh, I'd say that the most notable change for me is that we've moved from a place where we would have a hard time uh, saying we would we would never have a hard time saying no to a client, and now we say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for agencies, especially young agencies, to learn that N and O form a word because they <laughs> just chase the shiny objects too many times, and they get themselves into a lot of trouble. The second thing, and they're kind of related to each other, weirdly enough, is that we used to be an industry that we could, we had no trouble finding people to come into the industry. And now the war on talent, which you hear about ad nauseum, I know, um, has put us in a position where we as an industry have to really, really work hard to get the talent, but even work harder once we get them in our doors to keep them because they have so many other options. And I, I think. If there's anything that I talk to agencies about over and over and over again, it's making sure that you have a culture that both attracts great clients and great people at the same time because they're equally important. Yeah. Is there the shiny object syndrome, though? Isn't it based a little bit on like the fear of the fee? Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, that's what it's really been predicated on is like we're losing retainers. We're losing, you know, the big the big kind of um, agency of record positions, let's go chase the dollars and say yes to everything. And and if you think about it, it's becoming a lot more like uh, the way architectural firms work. Because if you think about the way they work, Mm. it's always on a project basis. It's never on a architectural firm of record. They've never had that. But they've been light years ahead of us in how to to make sure that they're getting paid for that and getting paid appropriately. I think, you know, we've always compared ourselves to consultancies and to law firms. I think we have to really take a step back and start to think more along the lines of architecture firms and brand design companies, because that's the way they've always been hired. I think some of the young agencies now, because they've had to work that way from the beginning, are having a much easier time understanding how to work with clients that way Mm -hmm. than some of the bigger agencies who are kind of having to retrofit around the whole thing. Well, it's positioning. Right. It's all, it's about actually having like a real internal compass and having a real positioning for the agency outside of a mission statement. That's not it's not just a mission statement. It's not just a mission statement, but it's also having the courage to say no. Yeah. Um, I remember working with a creative director many years ago who when we were sitting around making a decision about a piece of business that could have changed the, the agency overnight. One of the things he said is we have to be really careful about what we eat. Yeah, because. A minute on the lips, forever on the hips. It's the same thing <laughs> about my mom. I understand that. 
So you recently spoke out in L.A. at the Ad Age Small Agency Summit about culture. Mm -hmm. So obviously these things you've described in terms of some of the challenges, like the word no, as well as how we're retaining talent sort of fit into how culture might be an important part of, of the mix. How are you seeing the change happen in agency culture? And sort of what is the thing that some of the bigger companies might not be seeing that the newer agencies have where they're starting to become a magnet for talent? Well, I think one of the things that we as an industry have done a disservice to young people coming in is that because we all worked our asses off, we all got paid little money, we just assume that they're all going to come in and do their time just like we did. That's right. And the unfortunate part for us as an industry is that they're not willing to do that. Right. And if you talk to young people these days about the way they want to work, they even define themselves in a completely different way than we did when we first came into the business. So we have to be mindful of that because they're the first generation who's not going to bend over backwards to work the way we did. We They want us to adapt to them, not the other way around. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is that burnout doesn't happen because of hard work. Burnout happens because you think your hard work isn't being recognized. recognized. And, val- and, and valued and, at exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and that's where you get burnout. And, yeah. and you can see it when you talk to young people in the industry. They almost have a, a dejected look that comes from the top of their head down. And it'll just wash over their whole face when you're having a conversation with them because they're just tired of not being recognized. Now, you could go into the whole generational thing about whether they were recognized too much growing up or not. But the reality is that they're not like us and they're not going to work like us. And we have to recognize that. I used to tell an example about a kid that I knew who worked for me in San Francisco. and, And one day he walked in and quit. He didn't work for me directly, but he worked for the agency. And I did a little digging and I said, here's this kid who came out of a stellar ad program and we stuck him in the corner doing spreadsheets. Yeah. He's excited about being in advertising. He doesn't want to go sit in a corner and do spreadsheets. Right. We have to be mindful about bringing people in and putting them in the appropriate jobs for not only the skill set that they bring, but the passion that they bring. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you balance groundwork with that passion? Well, I think, you know... I talked about this a little bit last week in the speech that I gave, and I I think we have to institutionalize some knowledge of what people's passions are. Yeah, I agree. Um, And I I think that uh, the example that I gave is that when I started in this business and somebody asked me when I was 27 or 28 years old what I did, I would say, I'm an account person at an ad agency. Well, you talk to this generation coming into the business now, they might say, I'm an account person at an ad agency, and I have a fashion blog, and I'm a DJ on the weekends, and photography is my real passion. Well, we don't ask that. We don't know that. So how are we going to, when we have a pitch or some project that we're working on, know to bring Sally in because she happens to be a passionate photographer? We don't know that if we don't ask. And I think we have to get better at making sure that we're bringing, letting people bring their whole self, whatever that looks like to the office every single day and not just stick them in the corner to do spreadsheets. We've talked about this a lot. Yeah, there's been a phrase floating around um, that I think all of us are are starting to nod our heads on is this idea of a culture ad, not a culture fit. Uh, I, many years ago, was calling somebody for a reference. And when I got this person, very well-known guy, in fact, it was Bob Jeffrey, who was worldwide um, JWT for years, I got him on the phone for this reference, and he said, before we even go any further, I just want you to know she is one of those people I want in my lifeboat. Mm. 
And I had my whole list of questions I was going to ask. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop right there. That is such a perfect way to think about the people that you put on your team. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to fit in. It means that when push comes to shove and you're in an emergency situation, that's somebody you can depend on who's going to be resourceful and is going to add to that team that has to get you out of whatever it is you're in. And I love that notion. Is there a role for the marketer, the client, actually, to say, stop staffing my business with resources, start staffing my business with talent and make sure that they are well, that these are people who are not not just going home at 1 a.m. in the morning to their commute to Connecticut, right, and getting up at 4, basically, and hating their life, but that they actually have side projects and side passions that they're bringing in because I'm trying to get to that generation of people anyway. I'm trying to sell to that generation of people anyway, so I need their voice. Like, what's the role of the marketer here? What's the role of the client here? Well, you've seen some of that movement with uh, the marketers pushing for a more diverse workforce from the agencies. You you saw certainly what Antonio Lucia did with uh, HP. HP and Can yep. and taking people to Can to expose them and make sure that he was giving them the opportunity that they might not otherwise get. So I think you're going to have some enlightened marketers who are going to push on that. Unfortunately, we still live and die by uh, the contracts that we have and filling bodies and seats based on FTEs and all of those other things. And that's the other thing that I like to work with, with the agencies that I work with, on getting away from those kind of compensation agreements, because all that does is put butts in seats. Yep. And it doesn't let people bring their whole self to work, because yep. you're ticking off a box. Alex, I love the transition you talk about between resources to talent. Um, and you know something that's been on my mind a lot lately is just the idea of evaluating people based on the percentage of time that they spend on your business as opposed to the value of the work that they're bringing to the table. Huge. So I'm curious, Nancy, you know, you obviously worked at the 4As and a lot of, I'm sure, these conversations around models and change and transition were a part of your daily um, routine. What about the industry do you wish would just go away? And what are the things that you think we'll never learn from? Uh, I think the thing that I wish would go away is being valued on a list of FTEs and some kind of arbitrary rate per hour that's even blended, which is yeah, worse. It's worse. It's, I was just going to uh, say the blended rate. The blended rate. I, I mean, it just makes no sense. And and we, we let this happen to ourselves when we got off the commission system and couldn't figure out exactly how to get paid. I think we have to move back to, and I know everybody's going to be rolling their eyes saying, oh, easier said than done to just make that move. But I think we have to have some courage in the way that we price what we do with our clients. I, I remember so vividly sitting in a meeting with a, with a client and the client asking Lee Clow, how long does it take to come up with an idea? And Lee just sat there for a second, just let the beat pause and said, five minutes problem is, I don't know when that five minutes is going to happen. Mm. And that gets to your point of mm -hmm. the value that a person brings that base, is based on 35 years experience behind them that has nothing to do with that hour that you're spending at that moment. Mm. And I think we have to get better at understanding that and getting away from, well, this person spends 25% of their time and that person spends 30% of their time. How do you cut people up like that? Yeah, it and you don't. Work like the that. thing is, we don't, right? No, because everybody's really one hundred and ten percent. Right. It was all bullshit. It's always been bullshit, right? That's exactly. Are right. there models, Nancy, that you 
imagine in the sort of utopia of, of the agency world um, that you think could help address that? Yeah, there are. And I, um, I have worked with several of my clients and I've worked um, at the forays and been very public about them. I think it starts with separating what we do into thinking about it from a, a standpoint of idea generation, idea management, and an idea execution, which really have very different weights on them in terms of long-term value to a client. And if we start talking to clients about it from that perspective and move away from the day-to-day that it really doesn't bring uh, long-term brand value to them, then we can start talking about the value that the idea comes in. But, you know, the other question you asked me is, um, one of the things that we'll just never learn is to say no. Um, And (laughs) again, I think part of it is, you know, especially with young agencies, they're small businesses. They're afraid that if they say no, that the client's never going to come back. They're afraid that if they say no to a proposal that the client's never going to come back. I'll just tell you one other quick story. I had a a client when I was at the 4As who uh, needed to have a conversation with me Uh, moderating a conversation with one of their agencies about something that they wanted in the contract that the agency did not. And after that, we got off the phone, the client called me separately and said, Nancy, I just want you to know, we've had this, we've had that contract in front of 26 agencies. This is the only one that pushed back. Hmm. And that clause that was in that contract was terrible for agencies. And I, it just, I think that we're really doing ourselves a disservice when we don't value what we do That's right. enough to be confident about it. I also always took exception, going back to, even to the commission system, that it, it put... Uh, the emphasis in the wrong place. Yeah, that's right. It it, it put an emphasis on volume, not on quality. We have to get back to a place where we're emphasizing the quality that we're bringing to the table. And again, I hate to beat the architecture model to death, but when you hire an architectural firm to do your house or your business, or you're never looking at how much you're paying each employee on an hour by hour basis. Yes, that's right. So what does this actually, what could this look like? Because when you say courage, I'm like, what does courage really mean? You know, largely my practice is focused on independence Mm. and for independents who may eventually become part of the holding companies. But right now they have the ability to make those decisions themselves and say no to clients um, and be willing to take a risk that this client is not really the right client for them if that's all the client is focused on. How do they go about designing the the their mindset right and their process to evaluate right and wrong a right client versus a wrong client outside of gut outside of just intellectual right like power and chemistry and gut like what what are those things that you're helping them design culturally and other things that are prompts for that well i think you have to ask a lot of questions Uh, and i'm a big believer in garbage in garbage out and so totally if you're not getting the right answers to the questions that you have about the brief about the project about what success looks like what the budget is i can't tell you how many times clients walk in and they don't know what the budget is and they ask you to tell them yeah that is a huge red flag because that says to me that they really haven't given this the consideration that they really need to in terms of not only what they're willing to spend, but what they're willing to pay you. Um, and so when they get down to the negotiations, the last thing on their mind is how much I have to pay the agency. It's how much am I spending in total. 
I think that there are a lot of questions that you can ask clients, just like you would a potential employee, about what it is that they're bringing to the table just as much as you're bringing to the table. Yeah, I agree. So talking about trade organizations, what's their role today and how do they live on in the future? Well, uh, one of the things about trade organizations is it's kind of like the utilities. You don't really notice that they're not there until the electricity goes off. Um, and so many people don't understand what trade organizations actually do for the industry. That's right. It's 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 that was very, a really awesome analogy. Perfect. By the way. Yeah, it's perfect. It's very complicated. And even when I got to the forays, it took me a good year to understand everything that they did. I there was not a day that went by and went, we do that really. I didn't know. <laughs> and I'd been in the industry for over thirty years at that point, and so. It doesn't surprise me that people look at it from the outside and say that they're old and they're dusty and they need to do things to stay relevant. So all of that said, in terms of they're like a utility, there are things that they could be doing, I think, to reach the young people. The The fact of the matter is that they're stretched. They're stretched on the number of staff they have. They're stretched because of the, the money that they're bringing in every year. That's a relatively small budget. Um, for It's a nonprofit. People yeah. probably don't even realize they that. Yeah. Um, and so there's only so much you can do. And I think that, and this is also true of any business, I, I, I have a phrase that somebody said to me one time that I've never forgotten, which is, Nancy, anything is possible, everything is not. <laughs> and when you think about it, it's, it's really a good thing to keep in mind because anything is possible. There's no question, but you can't do all of it. And mm -hmm. you can't do all of it because you don't have the resources either financially or people-wise. I think that engaging young people was something that I was really focused on. But what happened for me, two things um, in the, my last five years at the 4As. One was the whole discussion on transparency and more personally, the whole discussion about women in the, in the industry. It was personal. It was important. Um, I was always a champion of diversity and inclusion, but I, came a, I became a very loud and vocal voice on the front of women. Um, because I felt like somebody had to. And I think too many people were too quiet for too long. And then we absolutely, as an industry, had our Me Too moment. Um, but I think sometimes uh, the trade, in, trade associations can take a stand on these things that nobody else can because they have political reasons they can't. They have client reasons that they can't. And, and the one thing that the trade associations can do is be the voice. Yeah, and they are. I think they're starting to, to, to do that more. The IAB just had a Women Visionaries um, conference that was, I was there. It was impressive. It was exciting. And the energy in the room, it was probably three, they were at capacity or over capacity at 300 people. And it felt like two people were in the room because the energy was so personal. What I love what Randall and, and team have been doing over at the IAB is bridging the gap between sort of the traditional players and some of the legacy um, speakers that have been on the circuit and starting and to mix ones. it up. And, yeah. and yeah. they're really making, I think, a, a great effort to find new and interesting um, talent in the space to, to mix up the conversation. Why, Nancy, do you think the trade organizations have struggled to either understand or adapt or engage the next generation? Again, it's really hard to be all things to all people. And when you have limited resources, you have to focus on the big, meaty industry issues. Um, the 4As in, in particular did ta try to tackle getting the younger generation involved. 
Um, and it became something that was just uh, beyond our resources when I was there. Um, I think that there's a groundswell right now going on in the industry with younger younger generation that's basically <laughs> yeah. saying, I want yeah. to be involved. Yeah. Get me involved. Yeah. And what I will say to that generation is, okay, you raise your hand, you're about to get called on. Once we get to a place where we're breaking down the old mentality, and I will say white male mentality, because that's what it has been, and that's not a bashing of white males, but that's just the circle we've lived in. Until we get past that, we're never going to create an environment where people feel safe having those conversations. Is there one thing that you look back at your early career self and say, I wish I I wish I knew this, or I wish I could tell myself this? I would have taken better care of myself earlier. It's not just about diet. It's about everything. It's about diet and exercise and family and travel and reading and all of the things that feed my soul yeah. and making sure that I had time for that because I just worked my ass off. Um, and while I recognize that as an industry that it kind of requires us to, I think that even if I had given myself 20% more balance, I would have been a happier person earlier. Yeah. I feel really good about where I am now, but it took me a long time to get here. Yeah. Now that you're sort of on um, the periphery, sort of looking in and advising the, the thing that's happening um, at the core of the industry, um, are there things that surprise you looking from that vantage point that you didn't realize while you were on the inside sort of running agencies? Uh, well, I've, I've had a lot more honest conversations with clients in the last, I'd say, probably five to eight years because... I'm not courting them. Right. So I, <laughs> right. I, I haven't had to have the kinds of dance conversations that you have about, I don't want to piss this person off because they might be a client. So I can ask pointed questions. And I think the thing that surprises me is how much agencies still to this day don't realize that clients see right through them when they either do or say certain things. Um, the the fact that agencies will walk in and, and tell a client that they're very different because of this, 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 and this, and the client will look at me and say, every agency says the exact same thing. <laughs> um, and so I think, and that's been going on for as long as I can remember. So none of that has changed. You'd like to think it has changed, especially with a new generation coming in, but clients see straight through that. I think one of the things I try to emphasize with the agencies that I work with now is don't try to bullshit your clients. Be transparent. And when I say that, what I mean by that is let them know exactly what they're going to get. Let your employees know exactly what they're going to get. Because guess what? If you think you're hiding something from them, you're not. They're going to find out. And I think that all of these things bode well for the industry as we start to move through this next generation and and dare I say, the next creative revolution that's going to happen, because I think everybody's going to be a lot healthier and happier. But until we get to a place where people stop playing games, it's just not going to happen. Do you think that the next creative revolution is somewhat dependent on this new kind of structure that you're talking about in terms of Absolutely. Engagement. Absolutely. Because I think that we have to put ourselves in the best position possible to do the best work possible. And right now, with the structure that we've had with the, the contractual arrangements with clients, we're not in the best position. I mean, let's just take the percentage of the person's time each week. Okay, you get 20% of this person. Does that mean they stop working at 20%? 
does that mean the idea is as big and, and grand as it could be because they stopped working? It just makes no sense. That's like expecting I'm going to stop at the appetizer. Like, it's not stop. But I'm not going to stop eating the thing is, like, again, there. that's made up. Like, have you ever stopped work even though you're staffed 15% on someone's business? No, I know. But now you've got people in agencies because they have to. Right. Making sure that they're managing scope and and checking off every time that somebody's uh, timesheets are coming in. because And they're telling people to stop working because they have to. Mm. Um, and because, the cl- because they're stretched at that 25% across three or four clients. And it's just impossible to do your best work when you're being told that you only have a certain amount of time to work on a project. Mm. Yeah, it goes back to the five-minute rule. That's exactly right. So we're going to slow ourselves down until we, I think, restructure. That's really what it sounds like. I think we have to. So Nancy, some of the things that we're seeing in the market, it sounds like as much as things change, they stay the same. Are there signals to you of great leaders, um, whether leaders of years past or or of the future that you see consistent in terms of the qualities or skill sets that it requires to go from one creative revolution to the next? I think the thing that is most important for anybody who's in a leadership position in a creative organization is to recognize that your job as a leader in that organization is to create an environment where people can do their best work, period. That's your job. I don't care what form that takes because it's going to be a little bit different for every person in every organization. But if you start thinking about the fact that you are a servant leader in service to the work through the people that you have employed there and to the clients that you bring in and start making that your focus every single day, then there's no limit to what you're going to be able to produce coming out of that kind of an environment. I say that on the marketing side as well. And it's not just on the agency no, side. I, I actually you. think on the marketing side, on the client side, it's as important. In some cases, if not more important, because we are so dictating how our agencies show up, how they're staffed, what we allow them to come to us about and not, because we shut down ideas oh, yeah, yeah. all the time. I think that on the marketing side, it's um, probably even more important that that leaders are, are, are kind of that Sherpa. Well, it's time to hear from the Sherpa herself what you would kill, buy, and DIY. Nancy, <laughs> you are up. What would you kill? I would kill the FTE model. Yes. Check. I would buy... Facebook stock right now. You would because yes. it's down. It's down. <laughs> and they will rebound. They There's will. There's no question in my mind. And DIY, uh, I would say a new network of some sort. And I don't mean broadcast network, but I think some new network that allows for all of the creative people, not just in the advertising industry, to work with each other on an easier way. Basis. I love that. I, act, I love that, actually. Mm, may come back and we'll yeah, talk we're about that. Maybe we'll on design that one. that one. So, Nancy, if people want to have you consult or Sherpa them, where can they reach you? So, my Twitter handle is at uh, NH Hill. My middle name is Howard. I'm letting Ooh, everybody I know. love that. So, my, so, the initial in the middle is NH Hill. And uh, my email address, which is the easiest way to find me, is nancyh at theagencysherpa.com. Nancy. Nancy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nancy. 
Did you know Nancy's middle name was Howard, by the way? I didn't, but you know, if there's any Sherpa I want in my life, you I'm want a Nancy, Nancy Howard, Howard Hill. Hill. Thank you so much, Nancy, for dropping in and, and sharing all of your insight and knowledge with us. And I think, I hope the industry will take some of her words um, to good use and, and put them into practice because I think we'll all be better for it. Thank you, our producer, Dana, Matt Turk, Andy Bowers, all of our friends and family at Panoply. Adlandia, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Full disclosure, our opinions are our own. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.